Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. man jeff rickard texted us and they said damn west just killed a guy <laughs> that happened last segment but no we assure you people val kilmer is alive and he was only talking about top gun we got quite a few texts in the garage door guru text line 704-570-9610 704 number wrote in y'all are crazy born identity is all caps straight fire the bagel guy he wants to know about steven seagal is he fire or fizzle west that's tough man i he didn't make a lot of moves that I like personally, and then he got a lot of heat for his acting. So I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Straight Fight because he's a legend. Oh, that took a real big in turn. and of itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's a legend, uh-huh. and he's got some classics under his belt. I haven't personally seen a lot of them though. Big Cat Dan asked, "What about the Expendables?" Straight Fire. Come on now, you got an ensemble cast of great action heroes, mm-hmm. and they were pretty dope. Three, I think three was okay, but the first two. Like we have a couple Matt Damon slash Bourne takes. We have Ray to Rib saying the first Matt Damon, Jason Bourne movies are straight fire. 704 said Bourne is really good, guys. Don't knock it if you have not seen it. No, I've seen it. I just don't think Bourne Identity is very good. And Bourne Ultimatum, I mean, maybe there's like a couple scenes, but that's about it for me. Not a huge fan. And uh, when we were talking, oh, John Wick. John Wick, is that fire? Oh, yes. there, there we go. We got Fiddy in the action Ooh. movie category now. You're saying straight fire over there, Fiddy? Dude, I, I hadn't seen those movies until the pandemic. And the the first one, the first one is really, really good. When he, when, when the dude's father, he eventually chases down and kills. When his father tells him that he's going to get killed by John Wick because he killed a guy with a, quote, effing pencil. Oh, man. Oh, it's always oh, fantastic. And I mean, you're talking about some of the most violent. I mean, I, I'm sure in that meeting, they have to come up with new ways to kill people off because those scenes are gruesome. So I have not seen a lot of action movies, apparently. Uh-huh. Because a lot of these, I haven't seen John Wick. What? Haven't seen Jack Reacher. I haven't somebody seen else, Jack Reacher. Somebody ask about Jack Reacher. you seen Rambo? Yes, I've seen Rambo. I have seen Rambo. And as I mentioned yesterday, I saw Predator. Predator's fire, right, Wes? Oh, yeah, no question. Predator's great. Big classic. Yeah, and I'm not, I just, action movies are Predators, cool. huh? Yeah. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa. let him finish this. that right there, because he's about to go into a hole right here. <laughs> go ahead. I'm ready for this one. No, you don't, you don't want to talk about something else? You don't wanna <laughs> he said action search? movies are cool. They are. That that's really my take. I have nothing strong. It's very, it's uh, very blah. Can I personally request next week's topic for fire fizzle? What's that? Sure. I, I want to do Superman or superhero movies because, I mean, Wes, oh, you and I are – I feel like I can get a good, enough fires but a lot more fizzles. I feel like the topics that Walker provides, there's not enough fizzle action. We need some fizzles. I didn't provide this topic. Okay. Fizzle you then. I I don't know why you're cursing me out, Code. <laughs> why action movies just cool? You don't like the violence or – I. You're talking. Oh, why don't I like yeah, action like, movies? Because it sounds like you're saying like they're just okay. Like you can live with them or live without that, them. That's where I I don't know. I for my movie going experience, I can't live without them. Yeah, action movies are they're okay for me. Like I I don't know. I can't really pinpoint it. I mean, I feel like they're enjoyable every now and then. You know. <laughs> 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 I just. 
<laughs> so what's your favorite genre of movie? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. like comedies. Well, top three. What's your top three? Genre? I like to laugh. Comedies. Those Sound are like my girl. She always wants to watch something light. Comedies. No, I, I'll I'll go with some heavy stuff. I like dramas too. I like drama movies. Okay. So drama, comedy. Give me the good old good old Greek fifty fifty philosophy. Give me a good comedy and drama, and that's about it. Okay. I mean, I mean, I watch action movies. Superhero movies are cool too, but it's not like mm. I need to go to the theater to go see them. I mean, I, I'm not burning to go do that. Gotcha. So some other people writing in um, about Jason Statham. I feel like he's kind of... You know, I did not figure. like him like that in the beginning. But then after the Expendable movies, I started to like him more. And mm-hmm. I do like the mechanics with fire. Um, was it Crank? Crank, Crank is, was kind of weird, but they were kind of dope too. But I like the mechanics. Uh, I, I like Ron the Series. Plumbers. I like Ron the Plumbers text coming in. He says, I really don't have anything against you. But I can't believe you haven't seen John Wick. I just like the fact that he's like saying, hey, I, I don't hate you, <laughs> but it really is a problem. And we should talk about you not having seen John. I don't Wick. come work with you for a day. <laughs> I know it's 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 brutal. Seven oh four five seven oh ninety six ten. Moose saying we need a superhero movie watch party. It's something Fitty has been wanting to do for quite some time. Despite you having to work with me, you want to spend more time with me outside of these walls, <laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Just like your takes. But it's something that we have. And to I'm try sorry. There were out. four lethal weapons. I forgot about that. Four was the one with Jet Li. Jet, Jet Li, um, I, I've seen, I forget what Jet Li movie I saw that I really liked as a kid, but that was an action movie that I liked. So, uh, Bagel Guy says Walker likes fish tanks. That's right. Pesci. That's what I like. Chris Rock. Chris Rock? Yeah, I don't want to leave the web for. He played oh. uh, Danny Glover's girlfriend's, I mean, Danny Glover's daughter's boyfriend. Okay. And he was trying to earn, stay in the good graces of Danny Glover because he was dating his daughter. I feel like he was in three, too. <laughs> All right, this is turn. Let, let's let's get to the coaching search. I have zero clue how to talk about these action movies. Um, we'll, we'll move on because we do have the schedule in front of us right now as far as how the rest of the week is going to play out. So when you look at Sean Payton, he's going to get an interview tomorrow with mm-hmm. David Tepper. Ken Dorsey is going to get an interview as well. And Mike Kafka, both of these guys are going to be interviewed this weekend. Ken Dorsey Saturday, Mike Kafka Sunday. I know you were a fan of Ben Johnson. We already talked about Ben Johnson telling other teams that he is going to stay with Detroit as their offensive coordinator. We know Sean Payton is number one on the list because we're willing to give up draft picks for somebody that has won a Super Bowl before, even if it was a while ago. We do know how good of a coach he is. He is one of the best that we've seen over the last 10, 15, 20 years since his tenure started with the New Orleans Saints. And now he's free to be had. And we'll see if if, uh, David Tepper is going to go after him by trading two first round picks. If you're not talking about Ben Johnson, who's no longer on the list, if you're not talking about Sean Payton, who would be the next guy? Who would be the coordinating hire that you would like to have? Is it Steve Wilkes? Or would you go Shane Steichen, Mike Kafka, maybe Edgero, Evro, the defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos? Who would you rather go with? Uh, I would actually go with Dorsey because okay. of his work with quarterbacks. Uh, we talked about his improvement with Josh Allen. He had the biggest jump of anybody in the NFL in 2019. His work with Cam Newton. Uh, like I said, Buffalo's offense Ranks very high, second in points, second in total offense. So I like what he's doing there. Like I said, that offense, Josh Allen, has been very good. He does have Stephon Diggs. But other than that, that Bills offense doesn't have a lot of guys who you're sitting around saying, man, well, they're making him look great. He's doing a lot with, I'm not going to say a little, but you know, these aren't all pro perennial type of guys outside of 
Allen and Diggs. So I like the work that the work that he's done with this offense. He has them at an elite level because second in offense, second in points, that's elite with guys where he really has two real difference makers on that offense. Yeah, I guess it, it's it's interesting because I don't know exactly what we're looking for from these coaching candidates. Mm-hmm. Is it just the gap from what talent you have to how successful you were with That's said talent? That's how I look at it. Because Ben Johnson certainly had that, but you do have, out of all of these guys that are being talked about, Mike Kafka, Sean Payton, who I guess if you want to go to majority of his work, it was with Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. Mike Kafka has Daniel Jones. That's probably the worst quarterback of anybody we're talking about of the offensive guys. And you're talking about Ken Dorsey having Josh Allen, who is in the MVP race the last couple of seasons. And we'll have different takes about his big game play. But Ken Dorsey does have the better quarterback. He does have a good offensive line. But he helped him get to that level, though. He played an integral role in that. How integral was it? And And it might be big. This is not me disagreeing. This is me genuinely not knowing because you have Brian Dayball. Yeah. With the Buffalo Bills for so long, and then Ken Dorsey being a part of that. I think with with Kafka, we haven't seen him be the leader on that front, Mm -hmm. but we have seen him go with Brian Dable after going with Andy Reid, and he was a part of the resurrection we've seen here with Daniel Jones playing very well and also played very well in the postseason game. And so to me, it's how, how much did Ken Dorsey affect the ability for Josh Allen to blossom into this quarterback that he is now, because we already have had a couple of years where Josh Allen has been incredible. Well, the first season he worked with him, his QB rating improved by 17 points. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like that he did that. And Cam Newton talked about how integral uh, Ken Dorsey was working right. with him as well. So I like the quarterback development aspect of Ken Dorsey as well, because that's what you're going to get here. Either you're going to come here and work with a Sam Darnold, who you know we know that he can use improvement and to continue to take his game to another level but he's probably going to have a young quarterback that he's going to need to work with and he can you know go back to those experiences working with the Josh Allens and the Cam Newtons to be able to help them improve I think Shane Steichen is my number one option okay I think Steichen is the guy and I honestly I can't tell you that I would be angry over a Kafka or a Ken Dorsey certainly Mm -hmm. Sean Payton right but we're kind of talking outside of Payton and um, and Ben Johnson, even Steve oh, yeah, Wilkes, yeah, yeah. because, well, here's the other thing, right? I like Shane Steichen. I, I think he would be a great head coach and Steve Wilkes. I think those are my top two right now, even though all of these guys have impressive resumes. But Greg Olson discussed yesterday with us. He also talked with quite a bit of media outlets during the Hardest Yard event and the media availability for that event happening on February 27th. He said, give me Steve Wilkes as the head coach. Give me Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator if that's a possibility, and I'm happy. I'm extremely comfortable going into the next season. And I would sign up for that today. I would sign up to have Steve Wilkes as that guy as the head coach that the players believe in. Clearly, he can get the most out of those players, at least emotionally, which I think matters for professionals too. And then you have Frank Reich coming in as your mind of the offense. That way, to me, you get the the best of both worlds because you know you have somebody that has been a part of play calling, saw Carson Wentz in his best year with the Philadelphia Eagles. You saw Nick Foles go on that Super Bowl run with Frank Reich, a part of that stat, or a part of that staff, I should say, excuse me. Going over to the Colts, you have one quarterback that was worth his salt after being traded over there with Phillip Rivers, and you get to the playoffs, and how about almost beating the Bills? Very close game in that postseason between those two teams. So... Frank Reich, OC, Steve Wilkes, head coach. I would sign up for that right away, and I think that would be my option. How would you feel about that pairing? 
that would be a good parent. I mean, you're talking about true, you know, just leadership, lots of years in the game. We know what Frank Wright can do with an offense. We know his ties to the Panthers, all the great things that he brings, Steve Wilkes, the demeanor, everything. So I think that would be, yeah, that would be a good parent if they, if that happens and comes to fruition. Yeah, but all these guys, I think, I think all of them have strong cases. I'm not looking at any of these coaches, to be honest with you, and saying, oh, that's a bad one. Yeah. Right. Like, and usually I think you have at least one or two. Mm-hmm. To me, Greg Roman, I, I'm kind of on board with you with Greg. If he becomes a part of this process, and he's not now, but Greg Roman, Baltimore Ravens, both parties decided to split. And for the last, I guess, what, hour, hour and a half, he's been available. We'll see if any news comes on the Panthers front there. But I think you're right. Like, I I would rather go with one of these other guys rather than Greg Roman, where I don't think he did a good job in this past game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And Baltimore had a shot, but the play calling in the red zone was weird. Trying to throw a pass to Patrick Ricard, you know, like there's even with that bad receiving core, I don't know if Ricard is the guy that I'm targeting mm-hmm. in the red zone. Even if you complete a pass that that wasn't in one of those attempts, I'm not sure he's scoring. And we've seen over the last couple of seasons, it does feel like an offense that has grown more stale and you're relying heavily on Lamar Jackson. And, and even if you get a running quarterback, even if you get somebody really mobile, who's as mobile as Lamar? Yeah. I mean, no one is. So you have a special weapon back there where Lamar, I mean, you know, him, Michael Vick, I mean, he's certainly the highest of highs when talking about mobile QBs in NFL history. And Roman had some success with that, but also I, I'd, I'd like to open up the game plan a little bit more. And it felt a little stale. I'm I'm with you on Greg Roman. Yeah, besides when you look at his, you know, statistics, the attempts, we know the passing yards aren't up there, but that's because also his offense by design is that way. He's in the 30s in multiple seasons for passing attempts. And I'm just not interested to sit there and watch four yards in a cloud of dust. And I don't think a lot of Panther fans are either. Yeah, if you, if you do not want old school football you probably don't want greg roman fitty does yeah i think you do after that facial expression i mean i I just feel like you know he appeals to what this franchise is this is a franchise i think all of them do yeah you know that that likes to run the football and they want to play good defense like you know i know west says it's four yards in a cloud of dust that's what panther fans are used to because that's what they've written to get to Super Bowls and be competitive at times in the NFC. Well, we're up against the break. Let's come back and let's talk a little bit more about that, how some of these coaches can fit what Panthers fans have become accustomed to pulling for this team over the years. We have a couple more segments to go on Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. more segments to go on Weston Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. So we have this segment listed as miscellaneous. I said we're going to talk a little bit more about the coaching search. But Wes, you wanted to talk a little bit more about this NIL conversation happening within college athletics right now, specifically around Jaden, excuse me, trying to bring his name up real quick. Jaden Rashada. Yes, Jaden Rashada requesting a release Mm -hmm. from his national letter of intent Tuesday night after the $13 million, yes, $13 million NIL uh, deal fell through. And Rashada's future had been in doubt since he failed to enroll at Florida last week. Sending signals that 
something was amiss. Well, he flipped his commitment from Miami to Florida in mid-November and formally signed with the Gators on December 21st. What are some more details and some of your thoughts on the Jaden Rashada thing? Yeah, it's interesting because they said they didn't get the backing, so the deal fell through left Florida scrambling to try to get him on campus. This is a big-time prospect. The Florida Gators are struggling right now as far as at the quarterback position. Now, they got Graham Mertz, but this is the guy that they need. But the interesting part is they said that this could be very bad uh, for Florida because he could sue the athletic department and the company that was backing, that was supposed to give the funding for this contract. So I'm guessing that it was signed, the deal was signed, sealed, and delivered and so they're saying this could be a lawsuit. Like, this thing could get ugly. So I think that this is just fascinating and another sign of the times of where we are in college athletics. For one, that, you know, kids are getting deals of this caliber. I mean, he was a five-star quarterback, number 29 in the country uh, nationally as a player overall, according to 247, and just getting deals of this magnitude. And now we're getting into, you know, litigation perhaps. And it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, reported in ESPN, it said that the situation could have long-term ramifications for Napier and the Gators. Rashad's representatives could file a lawsuit, as you mentioned, against the Gator Collective and maybe the entire athletic department. And we talked about him. You discussed some of the accolades coming out of high school how they needed help at that QB spot, especially losing Anthony Richardson. But also, not only do you have some football problems on the field, now you have it off the field with this whole situation between Rashad and Florida. Yeah, and they lured him away from Miami, I'm guessing, with that deal because he had originally committed to the Canes. And then I'm guessing they came through with that deal at the last minute or came through with that deal and said, hey, we'll pay you this if you decommit and come to us. He does, deal falls through. So now, you know, I'm sure he's feeling like, you know, Florida was capping. So now my question is, do you think with (laughs) some of the legislation, as hard it was going to be, do you think that this could lead to legislation as to how we operate within college athletics? No. This situation, or you still think it's going to be like the wild, wild west? Yeah, it's it's too far gone at this point. There's too many deals that have been made. There's too much money that's been given out for them to now go back and back. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like, maybe it could come down the line, perhaps, but I just think it's too hard to regulate on this thing and try to put a cap because what what would that look like? Would they see, okay, you can only make this amount of money. A player can max out at this. They can only get this or that. That's the difficult part about it. You can't put a cap on a player's earning potential. So at this point, they're just going to have to let it be what it is. Well, the thing about the thing for me, at least, it's not even putting a cap on how much money a certain player can make. It's when other schools can get involved and how harsh the punishment is going to be. And so is this the example where you do not have control over what's happened in college athletics? Mm -hmm. And to me, I don't mind all of these players getting paid whatsoever. I do imagine that because money is involved, once money is involved in something, we start to try to figure out the rules real quick in whatever mm-hmm. aspect in life that is. And now it's infiltrated college athletics, more so where it's in public. We know what's happened behind the scenes, but now it's in the public eye and there's accepted money, like $13 million exchanging hands. And so now that you have this, I wonder if there is going to be something put forth by any powers that be that puts a harsher punishment on Florida for possibly going after Miami after he had already committed. Is there going to be any rules like that? Hey, we got to back off at this point. We heard from Mac Brown this offseason. You know, I don't know. We kind of rolled our eyes about, okay, like 
really, Mac, you're you're trying to put this out there about Drake May. Who cares? You should be play, you should be doing everything you can to keep Drake May in school here too. But point being, like, didn't seem like Pat Narduzzi when he was talking about it was thrilled. I mean, you have different coaches. If it goes against you, then this is going to be a problem that rises even further. So I'm just interested to see maybe this is the thing that if it doesn't give you some sort of legislation if it gets the ball rolling on some order to be put in place. Yeah, and, and as far as the tampering goes, in college sports, in my opinion, that's next to impossible because that will bring back the bag man. Okay, there was a uh, documentary on this on YouTube that I watched about the bag man and the whole Mississippi State Ole Miss with this recruit and things of that nature. It's really good. It was done by, um, oh, I forget which service it was, but it was really good. But anyway, if you try to put something against that, these colleges can get all kind of random people to go up and tell a kid this and relay messages and, and bring money and stuff like that, man. So it's just hard now. And it's just something that they're going to have to deal with. That's where we are at now in college sports. How much do you think you would have gotten paid if NIL was a thing? Back uh, in the day? I mean, straight cash. Homie. That's right, Randy. <laughs> my recruit ranking upped between the start of my senior year and the end of it. Mm-hmm. So I was a I was a decent recruit, no five star. I wouldn't say a high four star. I had like four star like according to like Tom Lemon, but I was five three star borderline four star uh recruit. So I don't know. I think I would have got a decent amount. I always like Fiddy finding out your college rating in that in college football. What year were you playing again, Fiddy, when you find when you found out what his rating was? Um, the first game I got was 07. So, Wes, well, you were already out of the yeah, game, I was right? long gone. Okay. But so, you got a rating of, what, 82? That was my highest, yeah. That was your highest. What was your lowest? Uh, I think my first year at Wake, I was like a, maybe a 70-something. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to be really low no matter what going into your first year, going into one of those video games 100%. Did you put yourself at quarterback ever? Like, no, did you ever put I never did that. Positions? I never even put myself in the game. The only games I ever would put myself in was – like, I did it on NFL Street, but I never would put myself into the simulation game. How would you put your – you're just saying you would transfer a file or something? No, How no, NFL Street, in? you could do create a player. Oh, well, I know you created – yeah, we all yeah, create yeah. a player. Okay. I thought about just the actual player that the game gave you. Oh. Would you put left tackle, Wes Bryant, with all of the stats that you had attached to your name, would you put yourself at QB or would you put yourself oh, no, at no, no, running no, no. back yeah, and, yeah, no, and no, play no, around I like where that? I was. You just – did you control yourself? <laughs> No, no, I didn't do that either. Okay. Well, all right then. You didn't you didn't it didn't seem like you maximized your inclusion in the video. I did not. Video man. Game. I was not that 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 vain about it. I should have been. I'll tell you what, there's still time. I mean, we still have gaming consoles well, that, that allow you to do that. You can. Now, I, I want to know I if if it was solely based off of this game against UConn, <laughs> maybe the deal wouldn't be all that much. Yeah. So what I want to do, this is what we were discussing discussing pre show about how I want a game of the week featuring Wes Bryant. And so what I want to do, and we're going to debut it here because we were watching NFL Live and Wes said, man, Dan Orlovsky was on TV and Wes said, man, we got destroyed by Dan Orlovsky back in college. When we played him, UConn beat Wake Forest 51 to 17. Yes. Wake was ranked 20th <laughs> at the time, according to this box score. I, 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 it looks like it, right? Like, I think that's what, yeah. uh, probably not. You guys were five and six. So I don't know what the 20 is there for. Maybe yeah. I, I, I'm missing up, but you got beat. 51 to 17. Mm-hmm. Dan Orlovsky had a pretty good day. 
Uh, you look at his stats in this game. I'm trying to pull him up real quickly. Yeah, he's 24-38, two touchdowns. Okay, so so pretty good game from uh, what would later be a Detroit Lion and an NFL quarterback. And so I want to bring a game up that you played in to yeah. your surprise yeah. that we can maybe talk about the game yeah. maybe once a week because there is also something kind of interesting here. You said before that Zach Taylor was your teammate. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals head coach right, right now. Right, right. That Zach Taylor. He got some burn. Yeah. Odd stat line for Zach <laughs> Taylor in this game against UConn. So he threw one pass. Uh-huh. Corey Randolph, your quarterback. Yeah. Not a great game from him. Only 146 yards passing. Yeah. But Zach Taylor threw one pass in this game. It was for three yards, and that was it. But Maybe. the other weird thing about this <laughs> is that Zach Taylor also had one rushing attempt, and it was for negative nine yards. So two <laughs> stats, right? One throw, one rush, and a negative six yards combined for the now Cincinnati Bengal head coach, Zach Taylor. Do you remember at all, Zach, getting in the game and then y'all hyping it up at all? I or? do not. That was definitely a uh, – that rocked my memory right there, man. That was just a bad game. I, we did not expect – we knew UConn coming in was good, but we didn't expect to get dealt with like that, man. It was a game that just – you know, we gave up 34 first-half points. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were just lighting us up, and I just distinctly remember about that game. Just it felt like the game in Varsity Blues after they had been out drinking and hanging out all night, and then they just got smashed. Is that your way of telling us that you were out drinking? No, the we night were before? not. No, that's a, it, that's hard to do anyway because the coaches come in, they check for curfew, all that stuff. But that's how I felt because I just remember ending that game on my back, looking up at the UConn defender, wondering what the oh, hell no. just happened to us because I tripped over my fullback on the last pass play of the game. And I think he got knocked down and I tripped over him or something like that. And I just remember just looking up at the night sky and the UConn defending just saying, man, what just happened to us tonight? I, I'm trying to look for any other NFL players <laughs> that, that people might have heard of that played for UConn in that game. And I can't find any. You said you remembered maybe some pretty good defensive players on the other they side. Had, yeah, they passed for us. They had a couple of guys because I feel like they had a guy that did like the, the whole face paint thing that was pretty good because our coach would always kind of point out uh, who were the guys on that team? And I know they had a couple of good pass rushers, uh, but they were just a pretty good team overall. Like I said, they finished the season nine and three. So this was not the UConn. It was just getting run through and people like, just killing them. Like right now. Yeah. Kind of. yeah I mean, well, they, they're bouncing back this year. They had a pretty solid year this year. Well, but uh, before that. Well, and I guess that's true, but I guess the second stint for uh, Randy Edsel didn't Yeah, go. that was pretty bad. Whew, so, yeah. so at first, you had Edsel coaching from 2000 to 2010 so 10 straight years finished the last three seasons there eight and five goes to maryland gets to a couple bowl games but that's about it has a second stint at uconn and these are the records for him three and nine one and eleven two and ten starts off 2021 oh and two and that would be it for randy edsel so Mm. he did get uh he did get a big victory against wake forest that day though yeah i mean they went 14 of 18 on third down 536 yards i mean it was just a bad all the way around 100 percent. i I do want to explore some of those other games too maybe not against (laughs) uconn or competition like that but we can explore some of the other games you played in in the acc it's going to be hard to find older offensive lineman stats yeah so i don't know if we're going to be able to do individual evaluations maybe we can get some tape and we can do some film review. Oh, we got tape back there at the ACC now. I've, I've uh, watched myself a couple of times on some of the tapes that I've cut up for different things. Did you watch any pancake blocks that you had? Yeah, I, I got some in my phone. <laughs> I got some good blocks uh, when we play Clemson uh, in my phone. And 
different stuff like that, man. And I like to go back and mess with some of my friends and send them bad highlights of themselves when I'm going through. Oh, of course. That would be the worst. Finny, do you have (laughs) old highlights of you in church league on your phone that you showed everybody? I was too good to be filmed. Okay. I don't know what that means, to be honest with you. But the camera couldn't keep up. I was that fast. Okay. <laughs> with the torn ACL and all? Yeah. 100%. Fascinating. The Fitty being in church league, playing that well where you couldn't even catch him. He was so fast. Speaking of a flash from Fitty, let's go to that right now. The Glasses, last one baby. of the day. What you got for us, Fitty? Well, this was rumored earlier in the week, but it was made official earlier this morning that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have fire, fired offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich amid overhaul by head coach Todd Bowles. So it does appear that as of right now, Todd Bowles is going to stay in Tampa Bay as their head coach amid the the decision that Tom Brady has to return or if he's going to return to the Buccaneers or not. And I think if I'm a Panther fan, that's why they've got to get this higher, right? Because that was the team that won the division this year at 8-9. Todd Bowles is a proven disaster of a head coach. You get this higher right, you can win this division and set up to run it for the next three to five years. I, I think everybody knows it over there at Carolina that this is a division ready for the taking, and you don't even have to be all that good. You just got to be, you just got to be good enough to compete at the very uh, at the very end. And Carolina was even there this year. That the fact that they were competing at the very end, and it was the second to last game, despite a coaching fire that you were maybe within that last quarter of winning the NFC South, but it didn't happen. And I think another storyline here, Byron Leftwich being fired, I thought he was a hot enough candidate. The offense did not perform well at all, especially with some offensive lineman injuries. But speaking of Dan Orlovsky, he was on NFL Live earlier today, speaking about how basic it was and how, yes, Tom Brady was at fault for some of this too, getting older. But Byron Leftwich also did not call the right kind of game plan. And it didn't seem like maybe that marriage between Leftwich and Brady, who has a lot of control, even still, it just wasn't good enough for Leftwich to hold on to that job. And Fiddy's got something else for us. Yeah, coming just now from Adam Schefter, Ravens head coach John Harbaugh confirms that Lamar Jackson will be involved for the team's uh, search for a new offensive coordinator. Mm. So amid some issues off the field, it does believe that Baltimore is committed to him. And one way to prove this, they're going to let him be involved in their next play caller. What do you think about Lamar Jackson having this type of power, Baltimore, choosing to side with their quarterback who's not even under big time contract yet yeah i think that shows that they are committed to him they'd be stupid to let a quarterback an mvp quarterback that young go and i also wanted to go back to uh just the theory of the panthers being able to potentially lock down this division for three to five years the nfl is so ever-changing i don't know that you can really bring that argument to the table i mean look at the nfc west people thought this was the best division in football just a year or two ago and look where Mm -hmm. that's at now look at the nfc east people thought that was the worst division and look where it's at now. So these teams are going to make changes and they're going to get players. I don't know that you can bank on the Panthers seizing control of this division for that long. Yeah, and they're going to have their draft picks. I think next year it's it's right for the taking, though. And if you strike while the iron Could is be. hot, the iron is hot because Tampa Bay is not good right now. They're losing Tom Brady and they are kind of in turmoil a little bit, having to go under some coaching changes. And also New Orleans... I don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. So we'll see. It it could be there for the taking for Carolina as soon as next season. One more segment to go on Wesson Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 FM.
wrapping up Wes and Walker at Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's Kyle Bailey coming at you in just a moment. Smoke Ludwig going to be alongside him. Let's go to what's on tap. What's on tap here tonight? <laughs> College basketball last night. Why are you laughing? Because I left it blank. <laughs> I put nothing in there because I didn't know what to promote. Um, that's okay. You want to you want to watch some Big Ten college basketball tonight? How about Michigan State hosting Rutgers? Minnesota hosting third-ranked Purdue Boilermakers? I know you were watching some college basketball last night. That Sparty Rutgers game is really important, man. Payne's got the wild. That's wild. Carolina's got the Minnesota wild is yep. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I just, I heard it seemed like your voice said, Kane's got the wild. I didn't know if that was. <laughs> <laughs> we can watch Carolina. Do you want to give us uh, some analysis tomorrow? Uh, Yeah, we can. Okay. Can provide that. Let's do that. I, I got a sh- preview for you. Of the Carolina Hurricanes game? Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. Both teams are going to skate. Okay. They might run a player or two into the boards. Uh, they might score a goal or two, and if they do, a loud, obnoxious, unnecessary horn is going to sound off. Wow. And uh, last time I checked, nobody gives a damn. What about when you are loud and obnoxious at games? Is that, like, akin to or the here. horn? Yeah. <laughs> is that akin to the horn? Um, no, because my fandom is necessary, like me talking on the radio is. Gotcha. <laughs> um. I want to go back to just speaking of of college basketball real quickly, looking at some of the games tonight. College of Charleston, they're they're going to play Monmouth. Monmouth is one in seventeen. Is King Rice still there? Yeah, he is. Oh, he no. was offered a spot on Hubert's initial staff, and he, of course, didn't you know took it. Or, or, or denied it. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling he'll be in Chapel Ooh. Hill this time next year. Well, I don't know if he's going to be in Monmouth at, at one and seventeen. But College of Charleston is nineteen and one. They lost their second game of the year on the road against the North Carolina Tar Heels, and they have won every game ever since. And I heard Mike DeCourcy on Charlotte Sports today. I know you were uh, running the board for that, mm-hmm. um, Fiddy, and he said that College of Charleston will be interesting to see whether they can make the tournament without winning the conference. Seems like they're well on their way um, to doing just that. Do you still feel like they have to get at least to the conference final game in that tournament in order to make it? And that's what he said. Well, as long as they make their conference final, he feels like they'll be safe because all of their metrics prove they're one of the 68 best teams in the country. And, you know, if, if uh, barring this team having a massive collapse the second half of the year, if they don't make the tournament, it just proves why, first off, you don't need expansion. And it's just that it's a money grab oh, yeah. to put in, you know, power five teams that aren't as good as College of Charleston. The best part about it, Pat Kelsey's been the best mid-major coach in college basketball for a decade and a half now. I'd love to see him get a shot at a power five program. I mean, to see that would be excellent. We saw all the success that he had at Winthrop. And for me, they only have one loss. The Cougars have one loss. They're ranked 18. Let's say they win, they let's say they lose, I should say, one more game in the regular season. They go into the conference tournament with a two loss record and then you don't get to the championship game. You have three losses on your schedule, even with the strength of schedule, not being near what some of these power fives might be. I mean, you still got to get in the tournament with the three loss schedule, despite not winning the whole conference. Right? Like I know we're kind of doing this when we should be doing it after selection Sunday and the weeks leading up to it, mm. but it, it just feels like the Cougars are going to be on that table of, of with that specific topic. And I can already feel myself getting frustrated. I feel like they should be in if they have three losses and they don't win their conference title. Yeah, because they're having a great season and just looking at their record, they should get in there. And another West Bryan connection, their head coach was at Wake Forest the same time that I was as well. That's right. Yes. I've talked to Pat Kelsey about that quite a bit. And he, I mean, oh, about me? 
about you yes i've talked to, okay. to pat kelsey about how he loved watching you play left tackle yeah he, he talked about that connecticut game and he said that was a little rough to okay watch. oh but, that's not dude, that's not right man <laughs> don't you come for my boy like that just oh. because you didn't play college ball doesn't mean you gotta come after my man look at my baby I, yeah that was that was big time defense <laughs> that was like God, i man. like that fit. I mean, he. This is some coming from someone who you downed earlier in the show. Like, look, look at it now. He's gonna try to. He's gonna try to put that wedge in there. That's what he's gonna try to do. Speaking straight facts, though. Yeah. That's what I'm doing That's what he's here. He's gonna try to do as I do. We have arguments, day. but we come back together. Apparently, effective communication. With vigor. That was interesting from Fitty right. coming back real strong at the end of the show. Let's just go to what happened on this day in sports history. Fitty, the floor is yours. Well, on this day in sports history, Walker Mail never did anything significant on an athletic playing field. On this day in 1974, <laughs> <laughs> one, one day you're gonna you're just gonna you're gonna punch me, um, and I'm gonna deserve it. Uh huh. But I I can't wait for but it. The problem is I'm I'm gonna get fired afterwards, <laughs> and so I, it's it's always it's always re- th- this is my life, wrestling, punching you, and my job. Which one is more important? <laughs> it's been job so far. We'll see though. You're not the only guy in Charlotte that wants to punch me though. I don't uh, think so. I think that's probably <laughs> true. On this day in 1974, UCLA's 88-game winning streak is snapped when Notre Dame overcame an 11-point deficit in the final three minutes and 32 seconds to win 71-70. to On this day in 2000, the GOAT Michael Jordan, who led the Chicago Bulls to six NBA titles as a player, returned to the NBA, joining the Wizards as part owner and president of basketball operations. And then on this day... It says 2012, but their math is wrong. This has to be 2005. LeBron James became the youngest player 20 years and 20 days in NBA history to record a triple-double with 27 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists in Cleveland's 107-101 win over Portland. I'm surprised you put this in there. Right next to the goat that is Michael Jordan. Maybe you just wanted to see the gap between winning a championship and then just posting a young triple double. I just wanted, wanted to, to see, you know, the fact that he did something so miraculous on the court and it did so in a winning effort. Do you wish that <laughs> Michael Jordan never came back to play for Washington? Do you wish that it would have just been he done? He still did some wild stuff, though. That that streak he did, and when, when he scored fifty, he did, and, he had the fifty point performance. Think against the Hornets. Yeah, but. It was still not a great year. He did some impressive yeah, stuff. But the but average 20, though, at that age, sure. that was still a How old was he when he came back? 40. 40. Was that yeah, right? Yeah, 40. So you, you're you're cool with his Washington tenure, what he did with the Wizards? I think what he did when he came back at 40 just further exemplifies why he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, watch yourself now when LeBron is putting up some crazy stats It's a different league, though. Like, the league is built for guys, and a guy like him who whines and gets every call. <laughs> Which, by the way, did you see him <laughs> bitching about officiating last week? I did not. Uh, I saw the headline, yeah, but I didn't read the he, article. He, he doesn't get enough calls. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Well, I mean, every star does this, though. Every single one of them. Wait, every. But single... going in the media. Yeah, thing? like, dude, you're you're Le- LeBron James. You don't need to be in the media out here capping for calls, bro. I, I, I like that you were so you wanted to say that joke that despite the anger, you still wanted to say it in that voice so badly that you stopped your anger for a second to be able to pull that off and then go in on LeBron James a little bit more. That's Josh. Fitty Marlowe. It's Walker Mail. It's Wes Bryant. Thanks for joining us once again on Wes and Walker. We'll be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m. Stay tuned right here for the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.